Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I'm in the office, so not a big loud one today. Uh, people can see me through the glass windows. So I have to pretend that I'm on a conference call. Hi, Johnny. Welcome to the meeting. How are you? I do wonder what meeting I would be in with you on, on that conference call. Like, if someone looked over your shoulder and were like, what are they talking about? Do you know what I mean? I probably, look, I probably look like I've got some kind of nefarious activity that I'm trying to pitch to you. Do you know what I mean? I don't look like a typical businessman. You, you are selling media impressions uh, <laughs> for a gigantic soccer publication. Yeah, exactly. And I am honest as the day is long. Thanks for taking this Zoom with me. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. no, that is something I probably have done in the past. I've done a lot of sales jobs, often left me feeling quite empty. I've got to be honest. Yeah, I've done a lot of sales jobs as well. Not for me. Not for me, Johnny. No. I, I like, I like, I always, when I worked in sales, like the thing that I hated about it was nobody needed you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nobody needed you. Every call that you made, people were like, I wish you'd fuck off. And then you say, oh, people are telling me to fuck off. And then and then your boss would be like, you've got to go back in again, 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 and again. And I'm just not relentless enough for that for that type of job role, Johnny. I need to be needed. It, it, it really, you know, takes a certain type of person. And, in, and I'm not saying that disparaging in, in a disparaging way. The reality is it is what it is. Some people thrive in those environments. It wasn't for me. I didn't, as you said, I didn't feel necessarily valued enough. But ultimately, it was just money. And I am I kind of cut my teeth um, in, in the professional world selling double glazing. So I, I, I had one of the nasty... You have actually literally sold double glazing. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just awful at it because I was just not committed enough. And basically, I knew that the business model of the company I worked for as a, what, 16-year-old, they basically were using you 
to book an appointment so their salesman could go round often to like old ladies' house houses and just be like, "We're not leaving until we've got a signature." And like they were harassing me, and I was like, "I can't do this." So I pretty much just drip fed the wages that I had. I would never make calls, and eventually I got fired, and I um. I took it nobly. I took it on the chin, Pete. Took it, yeah. T- took it to say this is for the good of the people. That I'm not <laughs> good at this. Uh, well, we're not here to talk about sales jobs today, Johnny, but maybe we are here to talk about sales because there's some some anger in the system. One of, our, one of the fan favourites could be on the chopping block and some of the fan not-so-favourites um, are on the chopping block but don't seem to have moved. I feel like there's going to be a busy week uh, ahead. Have you been keeping up with uh, with all of the latest gossip, Johnny? Yeah, look, I, I know that it's a tumultuous time all of a sudden. We've drawn a match. So, um, look, it, there, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on on the field. There's a lot going on, on off the field. Um, we knew, and to be fair to you, it's n- it was never a surprise, but you were one of the people that um, did vocalise this, that Smith Rowe may end up being one of the players that goes. We're going to obviously get on to that, but... Um, you know, the fact is, is I think stuff like that really rocks people. So, yeah, be interested to have a little chinwag about it, you know? All right. Well, it feels like we haven't done this uh, this little piece together for a long time. And it's probably not did it last week, but it feels like an age. It feels like an hottest age. Hottest of takes. Hottest of takes. Three hottest of takes. The AOP hottest of takes. Make it spicy. Johnny Cochran, dust off the slabs of wood. Get out the flint. And make yourself a spicy hot fire of a hottest of takes, Johnny. Um, so um I guess broadly where I'd go with the hottest of takes is we have to, as uh Arsenal fans, realize how far along we've come and like how wonderful it is to be out of the previous mire that we were in. But We've also got to be realistic about the fact that one, it's not all going to be smooth sailing, there are going to be down points, but what I don't like is the idea that at times it feels like people are trying to pretend that they don't exist. For me, I'd rather go, oh, no, that was a, a bad result or that was a tough period and just move on. Right? Like, and, and, we, and, and I find with Arsenal fans, sometimes you get two extremes. You get people who go, the house is on fire, and then you get other people, to use Nigel Pearson's phrase, I believe it was, like ostriches, head in the, head in the ground, and they don't, they're like, no, no, nothing's going on. There's, there are no issues here. This is perfect. And it's like, you know, the place where we thrive is where we can discuss potential, you know, our concerns and present potential solutions to it. So I'm my hottest of takes is that there's the first sign this season of a little bit of, you know, I, I don't want to overplay it, but a little bit of um, uh, difficulty and... I think that the best way as Arsenal fans we could deal with it is not necessarily hide and pretend that doesn't exist, but not blow it out of proportion either. Uh, and if we do that, this these are the natural you know, ebbs and flows of any football season and there's no reason why we can't ride the waves to success. I like that. Very, very mature hottest of takes there, Johnny. Um, my hottest of takes is feels like Arteta is going quite extreme in some of the changes like and I I I don't know I don't know whether I'm comfortable with all of it I feel like there's um I don't know I don't know whether you can say a lack of loyalty in elite level sport you're either good enough or you're not um and Arsene Wenger was too loyal 
to players that were underperforming consistently. You know, Meza Ozil hung around, got a new deal, despite not really being that good behind the scenes, not really working hard, and that's bad. But then there's Arteta, and it's like, wow, it's four months of playing badly, and he's like, <laughs> get out of this training ground. You're useless. And I think you've got to kind of trust him at this point because he has done an unbelievable job. He is a top, top manager, and top, top managers make difficult decisions. But the breakneck speed in which he is trying to upgrade the quality and exit people, not even, we're not even exiting like, you know, Lacazette's or Seb Scalacci's here. We're exiting Emil Smith Rowe, who saved his bacon a few years ago. And I, I just, I think that there's a fine balance in a dressing room of striving to be the best and maybe showing everybody that you are just a cog in the machine. And if you're not working for me for even a short amount of time, I'm going to bin you. And I just, I just wonder whether long-term is that the best way forward? Maybe. And I'm, I, like, I'm not, I'm not really landing on a um, yes or a no, but I just feel like when everyone's like, wow, I could be going through a bit of a rough period in my life and I, I could get binned by you. Like, is that what the standard is? Does, does this feel like family? Um, so, you know, and I, I know that there's been a bit of pylon, bit of a pylon with Arteta this week, which I think is ridiculous. But I am looking at some of these moves, and it they can they concern me a little bit, Johnny, like little little canary in the coal mine sort of stuff. I don't, what do you think? See, some some when you say about like the pylon this week, that's the stuff I actually have more kind of sympathy for in a way. Like this is what I was talking about as well. I don't think that overall there's a need to feel negative. I think there are natural ups and downs. But when it comes to things like, you know, the formation that we're playing and the fact that fans are understandably, in my opinion, I am the same, are getting a little bit confused as to what we're trying to do. Um, Because ultimately, Arteta is changing things. And I think that when most fans looked at their projections for this season based off of last season, they did so under the kind of um, belief that we would somehow set up, you know, great, we've got some different personnel and we maybe have upgraded, downgraded, whatever way you want to look at it. But the reality is, is we were going to play a similar system to what got us so close last year. We've seen the tinkering, we've seen the flirting towards the last uh, few games of the season. But ultimately, at this stage... I think Arteta has earned enough, you know, um, enough cachet to give things a go. But the point of what I always wanted when Wenger was when Wenger left the club is the managers need to be accountable. And if things don't go right, then I think he absolutely will deserve criticism because who else is going to get criticism? He's changed something. And if it doesn't work out, you want to be ruthless with players? The club will be ruthless with you. You've got to get it right. And he, the longer he keeps going down this route and having hiccups, I think the descent would grow. Yeah, I think I think the I think the descent will grow, but it doesn't mean they're right. I mean, listen, if 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 we paid attention, and I don't want to I don't want to I just want to bag on the fans that seem to be either talking about Arteta like he's a Greek philosopher, um, or you know, he's he's ruining the club. And Arteta has a has the biggest job in football at the moment, right? He's got to overturn a club with the best manager, the best squad of players we have seen in history, the ability to play one man a million euros a week 
they've got a mutant freak up front and we've got to overturn it with money. Don't get me wrong, but we, we've got to find a strategy and, and a way of doing things differently to Manchester City. Like there is no easy way of getting to the top. And I think that I, I don't think it's confusing what Arteta is trying to do out there. Like it's not going to be the same as last season because guess what? Last season we didn't do enough. Um, and a lot of things went right last year. But I think um, as fans, we have to accept as we knew, as we move towards a new model, we bring in new players, we upgrade, we, we, we age down. There are going to be rough performances. But of all of the performances that I've seen over the last year that I would classify as rough, not quite sure that Fulham really stands up to the muster of that. But I think a lot of people have been doing a, a lot of work on the numbers after the game and they've been comparing it to last year. It was just a, you know, we made two stupid errors and we didn't finish our chances like we did last year. I don't think there's, I don't think there's a, a system issue there. I think it's just like a, a slight lack of form. I mean, Saka doesn't make mistakes every game. Zinchenko doesn't. So I think all of the, you know, a lot of people are pointing and scapegoating in the wrong direction for me and also missing the bigger picture point that we have to change. The best way to practice anything generally is in a live game because preseason, it, it, you know, it's, n- it's nice to experiment, but you don't have the pressure. Well, well, I, I agree with some of that, but I, I mean, I would, I would point the argument in the direction of Guardiola, who is the benchmark. It's what Arteta is aiming for. Do you remember when he was showing up at the Emirates last year with Bernardo Silva playing fullback up against Saka and stuff like he was try- trying crazy shit and yeah. he was doing so because he was trying to kickstart his team. They had a malaise over them outside of Haaland. He was the only one who was digging them out of games. And he was you could he was like a, a mad scientist trying to, you know, fire up his machine. And you could see him trying things. And I respect that. But the difference is, is Guardiola is the master pragmatist. And if things don't work the right way, he will change it and he'll go back. And, it, and he, had, he did go back. I think the way that City were playing towards the end of last season when they went on that run was reminiscent of how they'd played... Previously, it was just obviously they had Haaland as a focal point, but there was no Bernardo Silva at fullback for the majority of it. Certainly not I, not that I could remember. And I think that all I'm saying is I understand that Arteta is trying something with putting Thomas Partey outright. I feel like at the moment um, we've lost something in the centre of midfield, uh, something I didn't think was going to happen. I thought Deck and Thomas in there together would dominate. I think they would. But he's chosen to go in the direction of what, it brings tactically by pulling your midfielder in right. I'm not. I'm not sitting there at this point saying he's wrong. He may. He's proved to be right on other things beforehand. But if you're not right, then you need to move on. It's not everything he's going to do is going to be right. Sometimes, just like Guardiola with Bernardo Silva, got away with it. Get him out. Not doing that anymore. And then he cracked on. He was having big nightmares with um, Kyle Walker before he started inverting John Stones. So what I'm saying is, Arteta will can't be wedded to ideas if they're not working. And I think the first three games, we've been very fortunate to have the points that we've got, actually. Um, because in every one of those games, we've conceded big... T- it's not It's not about... The, like you say, you, you've made a point before. We created chances the other day. But, the, I mean, you know that stat, and I know you would have seen it, Pete, but three goals in the first minute in nine... Ga- sorry, three... A goal in the first minute in three out of the last nine games... That is a staggering, staggering statistic. I, I, I couldn't believe it when I read that. And that's just to me that, you know, and, and, and those games will be in games where Arteta's trying this. 
And, you know, between the fact that we're not necessarily coming out ready and or the system is creating issues that weren't there before, either way, we're looking vulnerable. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know. I just don't know whether the it's it's not working, like the system isn't working. Like outside, you know, outside of drawing a game, seven points from nine, um, we're uh, retaining more possession, having more shots, creating more XG. Um like I, I think across across the board, I mean, even like passes per defensive action um, against Fulham was you know down by three. So it's the the system is working. We've just had bad moments, and I think it's much easier to coach uh, out stupid mistakes than it is. Well, it's a, it's an easier thing to identify saying errors are costing us than mm. the system's not working. And I don't think that there are any stats out there that point towards the system not working. The system's given us more dominance and it's given us a lot of freedom moving forward. I just think we're, you know, we're, we're not having bright moments. I mean, Crystal Palace, let's be honest, like it was a Tommy Asu sending off. It was a ridiculous sending off. That's what changed the game and made it feel tight. Before that, we were, you know, we were cruising. We probably would have won that 3-4-0. The, the Fulham game, they scored two goals from three shots on target. How often is that going to happen to Fulham this entire season, you know, especially without Mitrovic. Um, I think that, I, I, and I don't think that he's wedded to one idea. I think if you look at, look at some of the comments that Arteta has made in the last season, he said in February the 17th, he said Arsenal have faced um, 16 deep blocks. Um, I, I went back and I worked it out. That was 66% of the games we played a deep block. I think he said recently, Arsenal faced more deep blocks than Manchester City did last season and I think like at, at its absolute simplest I think what Arteta is trying to do is he's trying to put more ball players on the field against deep blocks where you don't need the same defenders and I think that's a good strategy I don't I, mean, I don't think and I don't think that he's going to do that against Manchester United we'll be facing long balls over the top uh, from accurate passes to lightning quick attackers at the weekend I think you will see uh, a starting 11 that feels more normal and just the final point like Thomas Partey is coming into the defense because we lost Yuri and Timber and Tommy Asu is not that good on the ball um Kivior is playing a left back because Zinchenko was injured like when you when you think about wild setups it's not actually that wild right I don't I don't think Thomas Partey in defense against Fulham is that wild if the mission is to get more ball players on the ball um Tommy Asu doesn't fit that profile. Like, who, who else would step in as left back in in that situation? It's not. I know everyone's reimagining Kieran Tierney, but he's not. He's not that player. The, on, on that point, though, um, you know, and I, I do get where you're coming from. I certainly do. Again, I'm, I'm not sure we we completely agree, but I don't think we're in you know completely different realms. There, I, I know what Arteta is trying to do. But the fact is, is one of the biggest issues he felt early, early on was he was almost trying to, you know, make a system fit with players that weren't up to the task. And that's what got him into trouble early on. Um, and I'm saying that sometimes you have to shape it around the players that you've got and, and um, utilising their best strengths. And I just look at the way that, you know, let, let's put it out there. It's one of the big debates in the sphere. Gabriel's been dropped. Um you know, can't seem to get a game. Ultimately, he was a, a very, very good player last year. I don't think anyone, even his detractors, wouldn't wouldn't admit that. 
Um, and he's gone with a different setup. Ben White is no longer playing at right back, although that was his, you know, uh, assumed position anyway. But when you when you factor in that, and you factor in the fact that Thomas Party, who could play, you know, uh, with Declan Rice, just kind of assuming the Xhaka role, if you like, and just they're a bit more solid, but they also can use their technique. That's something that seems more simple. It'd be simple for the players to understand. And surely would be too much for teams like Fulham and stuff. I think we've somewhat, you could argue, invited some of the um, the pressure on ourselves. Um, so you know, stats or but not, the, I feel they, like every every team we've faced so far have had have had big chances against us. But I think I think if you if you distilled that down, like playing a double pivot against mm. Fulham is going to give you less attacking options. I would say, but I, I think that that's that's more that's quite an objective opinion gives you gives you more stability but doesn't give you as many options going forward then if you draw in that situation people are like why are you playing a double pivot against fulham so yeah. it's like you you don't like the the reason that there is angst in the system is it's a draw against fulham but i don't i don't necessarily think the strategy that we implemented was a bad one because we're not going to make those errors every single game like the, the the errors weren't a result of the system thomas party wasn't getting skinned all game Kivior wasn't getting skinned. No, game. but you it could was... argue that Party had something to do with the first goal. And is that system? Because he just seems to wander out of his defence. And for me, unless, you know, if that was an individual choice, he, he should be off the field in the second minute. Because what would you be doing? He surely is responding to his instruction. If you see Saka with the ball there, you immediately go into midfield. He vacated it. And obviously, it was a contributing factor to the goal. That's what I'm talking about. It's not. It's not like... Every minute we're getting carved up, but we're giving teams opportunities that are nowhere near as good as us, and we're giving them we're giving them life. Um, and I don't think that we're playing with the same control that we did. Whether you think whether it's perceived or not, the the control we started to assume at the start of last year, it just felt more sure. I was we, we were going to the end of games, and I was like, we're going to do this. Whereas now it's like, oh, you know, what, what's happening here? Kind of thing. Um, so yeah, to to not see Fulham away when they're down to ten men, that that was that was yeah. tough to take. I mean, I think it, I think in that instance, I uh, I think that that was the party moving forward and vacating that position was probably part of the strategy. Like, should they have been doing that in minute twenty? Yeah, like yeah, you know, maybe not. Should was Ben White in the right position? But like when you distill it down, Bakaya Saka doesn't make mistakes like that ever. Do you know what I mean? Like, but when does that? That was like a that was a that was a Mustafi-like mistake. He just literally <laughs> played it back. He wasn't paying attention. He doesn't make mistakes like that. Zinchenko late in the game, like, what are you doing in that moment? What are you doing? We've we've taken a lead. What are you doing? It's just a it's a, it's, it's a it's a brain fart. Zinchenko on the front post. Like, if you had somebody a bit taller on the front post, they would have cleared that and it wouldn't have gone over his head. But um, I. I, I and um, on the on the Gabriel being bench thing, I mean, again, like look at look at what happened to us in the summer. Um, a lot. Well, no, last season uh, we lost we lost William Saliba, and there was no we hadn't practiced anything. There was almost no consideration that we could possibly lose William Saliba. And instead of saying, "Well, hey, maybe we could bring Ben White into the middle. Maybe we could put Thomas Partey at right back." And then we could stick Jorginho in midfield. They just went, no, let's let's go for the safe option. 
because we've never tried that. And should we really be trying some crazy shit when we're on a title run? And the rest is history. I just think that maybe Arteta is looking at those first three games, two teams that are going to play a deep block. And let's see what William Saliba looks like playing on the other side of defence. Let's give Ben White a few games and get him used to playing centre-back just in case William Saliba needs to get rotated out. So when you look at it pragmatically, you say, when's the best time to do that? When it's when it's in your control. We didn't. It wasn't in his control when he had to make those decisions last year and he erred on the side of safety and he's stuck with Rob Holding. So I feel like there are there are, there are logical explanations, but no one gives a shit about your logical explanation if you drop two points. No one wants to hear it. So I think that's yeah. where we are. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's talk. I guess we've got like kind of covered the the midweek meltdown. Yeah. Pretty substantially there. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we come on to um, a, a meltdown that maybe we could have on this podcast ourselves? Oh, it's gonna be a tearjerker, is it? Matt's not on here because he couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle his his own personal <laughs> star boy not being here. But um, Emil Smith Rowe um, is not happy. Uh, Arteta kind of, you know, top rope elbow drop, uh, SummerSlam 2023 on his career when he brought on Fabio Vieira. And, you know, realistically, he also signed Kai Havertz. Um, the Smith has been linked to Chelsea. They apparently put an offer in and offered us Mudrick, but we said no. But it sounds like the player wants out. It sounds like Mikel Arteta has gone off the boy who saved his career. Um, Johnny, what do we make of this? And even worse, what do we make of Chelsea coming in for him? Well, I mean... They are two separate things, aren't they? Just to quickly wrap the Chelsea thing in a bow, they are a fucking pantomime, aren't they? Absolute widow twanky bullshit. Just how can you keep coming in for players? Like, do they have no shame? Just crack on. Did you see that? Did you see that video that um, was out um, on social media during the rounds where Pochettino is asked about like some of the players still on the Malangsar? So, and he's like, who's that? And the guy's on a hundred grand a week. He's like, I, I, I genuinely don't know who you're talking about. They're paying people. The manager doesn't even know. <laughs> like a hundred grand a week. It's mad. So they are a full on, you know, shit show. And uh, we can all, we can all watch it. Unfortunately, if Emil Smith-Rowe does get involved with them, unfortunately, you know, it, 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 it may be a big club in profile and stuff, but they seem like a team on the slide for me. It's an absolute circus. So hopefully he gets a better offer if he is to leave and takes that. Um, so to the actual Smith Rowe stuff in general, it's this one is just it, it's just an emotional dilemma for Arsenal fans. I honestly feel like if you did a poll for ha- like for the Arsenal players that are currently playing who haven't necessarily blown blown up. If you did a poll for the one they would want to the most, I think Smith Rowe comes out. You know, Vieira's got a lovely story, but the reality is, is Smith Rowe, Hayland, you know, let's go. He's done some great stuff already. Injury. He's exciting to look at as well, isn't he? Isn't he he's fun brilliant. on the pitch? He's wearing the 10. He's wearing the 10 as well. When we Those low socks. Oh, goodness. He's got swag and we love it. And we love Emil. But, you know, we... We're in a situation where the manager has clearly set out his expectations. He's shown that he is... If You know, Kieran Tierney didn't do much wrong for Arsenal and he's found himself on loan playing at Sociedad. So it's not like 
just being good is enough anymore. Being good is not what it is. It's do you fit my plans? And, you know, you said it quite in quite compelling fashion. Um, the reality is, is when, when Vieira's coming on ahead of you, I think it's time. If I was him, I'll be sitting there going, okay, that's going to be me done then, you know. Tell me, call me where, where do the minutes come from? Where do the minutes come from? I, like, I, I literally don't know where you would play him. Yeah he's, yeah, he's not. He's not. Uh, he's not a left-sided eight. You'd have to coach him in that position. Um, he's not. He's not beating out Martinelli on the left. I don't think he's ahead of Trossard, um, or you know, he's definitely not ahead of Martin Erdegaard. It's. It's just amazing how he's cut. And you know what? I, I, it's not down to technical ability. I think it's down to availability. And I think that Arteta just doesn't like players that he can't rely on because I guess you can't get any rhythm going. But it's such a shame. And I guess the even bigger shame is we're probably not going to get 60 million for him, right? Because he's come back from surgery. He's been given no minutes to shine. Um, and he's he's a risk, you know? So, like, what what fee are we going to get for it? I mean, if it's Chelsea, it's 55 straight away. That's yeah, the, I mean... It's the only uh, number they know. Yeah, steady on, Pete. We, we'll <laughs> command a big fee, definitely, you know. What do you think? What what, what sort of fee would you would you expect for a I'm player I'm not doing like business on anything under 40 million. Not a chance in the world. Why yeah. would we? Don't Let's not fuck around here. The reason he's even available slash is under 70, 80 million is because he's been injured. You're getting a knockdown price. Don't take the piss. If West Ham or anyone like that started coming in, I'd be like, if you're not greasing our palms with 40 as a starting bid, just don't bother picking up the phone. So I think I think he could get that. I think people realise around the league how much potential he has if they're not fully convinced he can like live up to it. Yeah, I I think for I think 40 million I can I can I can live with. But you know what I, I need to see? I need to see him at West Ham. I need to see him at Brentford. I, I cannot see him in a Chelsea shirt. Just because that 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 fear that he's going to be good. And listen, I want I want all the players that I love to do well, but not in a Chelsea shirt. No, there's there's too much baggage there. There's too much baggage. I can't I can't handle that. Oh, Johnny. completely right, mate. Completely right. He he would somehow sour the thing. And I know this is a, a a slightly bigger subject as well, but we might as well bowl into the same thing within it. You mentioned it, Pete. But Mudrick has been offered... Well, apparently it's been reported in a potential swap deal. There's not many people who are as excited about getting Mudrick through the door as yourself, Pete. How would you feel about the even the mere prospect of... Um... Do you remember we spoke about this in like February and I said maybe with Balogun we swap him out? Yeah. Um, listen, I, I, I really liked um, Mudrick after he played that first game against Liverpool, looked like a top talent. You know, I, I know that this is a weird piece of analysis. I just think he's a bit of an oddball. Do you know what I mean? He just seems odd. Like his behaviour, how he behaves in those videos. I saw some, like he was liking Instagram posts of someone's girlfriend and he was getting flayed. He got taken down by that Joey Swole guy for mocking a guy in the gym. He just seems like a bit of an odd cat. And there's obviously talent there because Mikel Arteta went extremely hard to get him over. And, but I, we don't really have, we don't really have a role for him. Do you know what I mean? Like, do, do you, I mean, he's, he's younger than Trossard, but would you have him 
Like, he beats Saka's backup, right? That's that's what but, he was but initially. He, he does predominantly play on the left, though, doesn't he? But but look, if you need a speed demon, and there was an opportunity to sign somebody on on a cut price deal, it would it would make sense to me. But I just don't know whether he's a fit. He just feels like he's a bit odd. Like um, he's on a different planet. Do you not think? I, he, I, I definitely get that. To be fair, he do, he does. He, he he seems a little bit um, yeah, just. It, he he never looks like he's having fun either. Do you know what I mean? No. A little, little devoid of personality. Um, but, you know, we we don't know him at the end of the day. We don't want to go at him too hard. But the reality is, is yeah. He well, he's, obviously, I mean, he's, he's obviously not fitting in. Otherwise, Chelsea wouldn't be offering him, right? Yeah. There's some. There's obviously something up and he hasn't settled. He looks he looks terrible most of the time. Mm. Um, but the, but it, I think people always forget this. Just because you go to a club as a player and you fail doesn't mean you're a bad player. Just means that the setup wasn't right. Just the same as like you go into, you know, put Johnny in a job where he's selling double glazing. Yeah. It, it, just because he fails doesn't mean that he can't sell something else or do something else good. And I podcasting. think sometimes podcasting. You know I mean? Now, now there you're doing you podcasting. Those double Take that, guys. Zenith Windows. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I, I, I just, I, maybe he's not the right fit, but, um, I mean, if if you could, if we could take a hundred million pound player and get him on a swap deal for for something that we need, like if he can play on the right, and that is where we thought that he would play, why wouldn't you do it? Unless you've got additional intel that he maybe he's not quite right. Mm, yeah, I, I, one thing, one thing, and I understand why it's happened because we've been so shrewd in the market. Sometimes I think people forget that even along the way. For Arteta and Edu, there have been busts. It's not everyone that has turned out and worked out amazingly. Yeah. And at the end of the day, he might have gone after Mudrick, but the reality is he's gone after other people that haven't worked out. Oh, Sammy Lukonga's going. Do you know what I mean? Like there are well, players he's gone. Look through. at players that he missed. Buendaya. Exactly. Exactly. Tanked. Uh Lissandro Martinez. I know people think that he's the butcher and he's amazing. Man United's defense has not been <laughs> uh, has not been incredible. No, I, I think Martinez is a pass. Like, I think he's a good player. I think he's shown that. I, I think we've got a, two better defenders, well, three better defenders than him. But still, I don't think he's shit by any stretch. Um, but yeah, in general, Mudrick may well have been, you know, um, not only the one that got away, but thank fuck that one got away. Do you know what I mean? Situation. And so far, I've been really watching, trying to think, this guy must be sick. And every time I watch him, I, I, I never leave convinced by what I'm seeing. I, I'm not sure he is going to be as good as what, what we once thought. Yeah. And Arsenal passed on it. But, you know, there's so many players that Chelsea have put on the scrap heap there. You wonder if Arsenal could go rummaging for, for somebody else, get us a, a nice little deal. All right, um, Johnny, um, I did see that you went quite hard at a man, Kai Harvards. Um, <laughs> wanted to get your take on his performance so far. Why are people angry? Um, so like from my perspective, I want to be clear. I I am not drawing any final conclusions of the Harvards at all being like this guy is rubbish. He's not going to make it. We surely have seen enough examples now of players who can, you know, start slow, even turn it around. It's, It's ironic that we just, you know, come out of a game where the much maligned, probably most maligned player in Fabio Vieira put together his best performance in the Arsenal shirt and was wonderful. And he's absolutely banging on the door for starts now, if he's doing stuff like that. So it's not like if you're 
not at it one minute you can't you know bounce back and uh, and do it but no I've not been convinced by what I've seen from him up to now no way um I said that I for all the people that you know would dig into the metrics and stuff and uh, and talk about underlying statistics to justify the Harvard signing first of all when I first heard it was happening I was a little surprised as you know uh, as you know but I'm going to get behind him. He's an Arsenal player and I hope he does well. But for the people that kept, you know, bringing up those statistics, like, oh, we'll get into loads of, you know, deadly situations because that's one of the things he does with smart runs. Yeah, but you've got to finish because I don't think that he's um, necessarily given us as much as Granite Xhaka in terms of all-round game. Um, you know, I would trust Xhaka in a, in a defensive situation more than I would Kai. But so when you're in those situations, I would expect your overall attacking proficiency to be a step up on what we had even with Xhaka. And then it would kind of balance out somewhat. But right now, when he's getting chances, I, I, I don't feel, you know, that convinced by what I'm seeing. Maybe his confidence will just, you know, it'll score one and it'll, it'll just shoot on. But right now, the role that seems to have been created for him, I'm not sure he's doing himself justice in that role up until now. And, and it's only been three games, but that's where I am on it. Yeah, I, I, I'm i not sure. I'm not sure. Um, I, I think he's an extremely talented player. I think that he did some good bits against the Fulham game. I thought he did some not so good bits. The thing that I always like in a player like that, though, is that are they getting into the right positions? And he got into a lot of really good positions, used his height well in certain scenarios. There were moments where he wasn't where he should be. You know, he wasn't maybe as aggressive as he could have been um, in the box. But I think it's just it's so early um, for for him to be adapting to that left-sided eight. He's never played as a left-sided eight. I mean, not in a long time. So um, I think it'll take some getting up to speed. It's a complicated system that Arteta plays. Um, I think my big concern, and you kind of alluded to it earlier on the show, is like Arteta, Arteta didn't help himself because he took him off at 55 minutes. So you're you're signal you're signalling there is a performance issue, and I don't always think that's good. And now he's in a dilemma against Man United. If you don't play him, you're doubling down on it, and that's not going to be good for the players' confidence. Um, but is he the right player against Man United? That's the decision that you've got to make. You can't be focused too much on Kai's feelings. But I've just got an inkling that he'll probably play him against Man United. I, I, and I think once Kai bangs and he does feel confident, I think we're going to see a, a different player. And I think some of the heavy criticism is going to fade away. I still think the biggest problem that Kai has to deal with is he's a Chelsea player. And people don't like Chelsea players and we don't like to give him time. And um, there's there's a bit of that baggage. But I think, you know, a hat trick, a screamer from 30 yards, a brutal header, like that's the best way to get back with the fans 65 million is not good off the ball movement it is goals and it is assists and it is doing spectacular things that's what he's got to do simple as that you, you, you summed it up just at the end there that's the point i was going to make the money unfortunately we know how football works if you get signed for a load of money you you get less time that's the way it is i think nicholas pepe had moments showing that he was brilliant at times did, and yeah. then he would have mostly shit games <laughs> you know it, it, you got you've when you come for big money, the fans expect you to bang quickly. And unfortunately, if you don't like it, then don't play football at this level because that's the way it works. And he's not going to get a whole season to get it right. Like We're going to need to start seeing stuff 
this year when you're being brought in for that much money. You're not some academy player, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, hopefully he can, he can, you know, things can go in for him and he can work on that confidence and uh, and show everyone what he's about. 100%. All right, Johnny. Well, we were just going to bang through a nice quick one today. Felt like we needed to get a little bit out of the system, get fit for the weekend, because guess who's back for the on the whistle? It's not just Johnny. It's Matt and Johnny. The three amigos are reunited. Oh, yes. Guilty. It's a big one as well. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. It's going to be going to be decent. And we're going to be doing a before the whistle. So if you love this content and you want the before the whistle, we go big on those before the whistles. They're exclusive to Patreon. You also get the the non on the whistle videos. They all go on. uh, They all go on Patreon. Um, A lot of people saying they like the Patreon this year. And um, we're excited to keep on um, feeding you content. Um, But I will say on that note, because I've got a little meeting coming up and people are looking through the window right now. I'm going to say ciao for now. Thanks for listening. Speak to you soon. Podcast Network.